You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Genesis chapter number 37, and we'll begin reading in verse number one, and I'll read the odd verses if we can read the even verses together as a congregation, and we'll read down to verse number 11. Genesis chapter 37 and verse number 1, and again, I'll read the odd verses if we can read the even verses together. In verse number 1, the Bible says, And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren, and the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and with the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children, because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, Here I pray ye this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaf stood round about, and made obeisance to my sheaf. And his brethren said to him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us, or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. And he dreamed yet another dream, and told it his brethren, and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more, and behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obeisance to me. And he told it to his father and to his brethren, and his father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee to the earth? And his brethren envied him, but his father observed the saying. Brother Dan uh, helped us in the reading of Genesis 37, and I'd like to begin this morning a series. It'll probably be a few weeks, I don't know how many, but uh, we've got a slide we've got for this series. It's the life of Joseph, and you've read through the story of Joseph many times. If you're in the Bible reading, you've read through this book of Genesis here already, but I tell you, it's a powerful, powerful story, and there's some some powerful truths that will help us as we study the life of Joseph these next few weeks. Let's pray and we'll ask God to bless the uh, reading of the word and now the preaching. Lord, we love you. Thank you for what you've done. I pray that you'd speak to our hearts and give us what we need from this scripture. I thank you, Lord, that you gave us the story of Joseph because you knew that there would be many, many, many people who would need to read about this and many people that would need to learn from this. And Lord, I've been helped and I've been encouraged Lord, from this story and from these truths, I pray you'd speak to us. I pray if there's anyone that does not know Christ, I pray today would be the day of their salvation. Thank you for the 
two that were baptized. I thank you for Lauren. I pray you'd bless her and her family. I thank you for Jake and Kendall and their family. I pray you'd bless them. I pray that you give us now a good service. Bless all of the uh, children's ministries, the nurseries, the junior churches, our bus ministry, our teens in their service. And may the word of God be preached and proclaimed and may lives be changed, may souls be saved. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. As we begin this story and this series on the life of Joseph, it's important for me this morning to try to lay some groundwork and to give you some background on this man, Joseph. Joseph was a man that was used very greatly by God. We'll see that in the weeks ahead. But Joseph's background was far from perfect. Joseph's family life, we would term it today if we were talking about it in today's terms, we would say that Joseph's family was very dysfunctional. Not just his immediate family, but his extended family. It went back for generations, and it's important for us to know that this story is not just something out of the blue. This is a story with a history of a family who deceived one another. Family members that hated one another. Family members that were jealous of one another. And now Joseph comes on the scene. He's 17 years old. And the Bible tells us that his father Jacob loved him more than all his brothers. Now, some of you, you can relate to that because although you don't want to be prideful, you know you are the favorite child. I, I know that's true in my life, and I hate to say that for my siblings that are here, and I understand. No, I don't. But can I tell you, Jacob was the dad, Joseph was the son, and Jacob loved Joseph, verse 3, more than all his children. There were some reasons for that. We'll look at that in a moment. But the Bible says in verse number four that his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren and they hated him and they could not speak peaceably unto him. Here's a family and the family cannot even talk to one another. They can't even speak. The father loves one son more than the rest and the brothers hate that son's guts and this is the, the building, this is the making of a very explosive family relationship. I want you to know in this story, first of all, that Jacob, who was the father, he was partly to blame. He loved Joseph more than all his children. But then it says the brothers hated Joseph. It wasn't Joseph's fault that Jacob loved him more, but yet his brothers mistreated him because of the favoritism that was showed to him. These were not ordinary brothers. These were not ordinary circumstances. You see, Jacob had two wives, Rachel and Leah. You remember that story? He had two wives. Well, those two wives, they each had a handmaid who uh, Jacob had children by those. So there were four wives. There was Leah, who had four sons, then there was Bilhah, who was Rachel's handmaid. She had two sons. Then there was Zilpah, Leah's handmaid, who had two sons. Then Leah has two more sons. Then Rachel has a son, number 11, whose name was Joseph. Rachel has another son who she died during childbirth, but that son was Benjamin. So there were 12 boys and they had, there were four mothers in this equation. Joseph 
had a grandfather. You say, well, of course he did. His grandfather was Isaac. Well, yeah, but he had another grandfather. That grandfather's name was Laban. Do you remember the dynamics between Jacob, who is Joseph's father, and Jacob's father-in-law, Laban? Those guys, they were in business together. And that was a story of cheating. It was a story of lying. It was a story of stealing. It was like they were in a contest. Who can rip off the other one better? And these are, these are family members. That was Joseph's grandfather, Laban. Joseph had a grandmother by the name of Rebekah. Rebekah is the one who helped Jacob to trick his father so he could steal the blessing that belonged to Esau. Turn back with me to Genesis 27. I know I'm giving you a lot of names, and I hope you'll read through this again, and I hope you'll, you'll try to connect all these dots. But Genesis 27, it tells us that it was actually Rebekah's plan for Jacob to deceive his father and to steal the blessing from his brother. Notice Genesis 27. It says in verse number six, and Rebekah spake unto Jacob. This is the mom speaking to the son. And she said, I heard thy father speak unto Esau, thy brother. She said, he sent Esau to get some meat and to bring it back. But she said, here's what we're going to do. She said, I want you to listen to me, uh, uh, Jacob. I'm going to cook the meat. I know how your father likes it. And you're going to give it to your father. And you're going to pretend to be your brother Esau. Jacob said, time out. He said, that's not going to work. My brother Esau, he's a hairy man. I, my, my skin's smooth. And he said, uh, and then he said, my father's going to think I'm a deceiver. Yeah. And my, my, my blessing will be lost and I'll receive a curse instead. Notice what Rebecca says to that in uh, verse number 13. His mother said unto him, upon me be thy curse, my son. Only obey my voice and go fetch me them. The mother's saying, you better listen to me, son. You're going to obey me, and you're going to do this whether you like it or not. Now, I think Jacob still should have uh, uh, done what was right, but his mother is saying, you're going to do this. I'm going to help you. Verse number 14, he went and fetched and brought them to his mother, and his mother made him savory meat such as his father loved. And Rebekah, now again, this is the mother of Jacob. She took the raiment of her eldest son Esau, which were in the house, and put them upon Jacob, her younger son. She put the skins of the kid of the goats upon his hands and upon the smooth of his neck. She gave the savory meat and the bread which she prepared into the hand of her son, Jacob. Can I tell you the family dynamics here? Joseph has a grandmother who was a conniver, who was a deceiver, who was a liar. Uh, who was trying to trick her own husband and to try to uh, rob one of her sons of a blessing. I'm telling you, this family's out of control. Joseph had an uncle whose name was Esau. Esau and Jacob were brothers. When Jacob stole the blessing and Jacob, Jacob tricked Esau out of the birthright, Esau said, I'm going to kill that guy if I can get my hands on him. And by the way, if someone did to you what was done to Esau, you might feel the same way. I'm not saying you should go out and do it, but you might feel the same way. This is the family dynamic. Joseph had 11 brothers from four different mothers, and they were all jealous of one another. Are you getting the idea here that there's a history? Jacob is Joseph's father, and at this time of Genesis 37, he's probably just recently buried his wife, Rachel. 
Jacob probably felt like Joseph and Benjamin were all he had left to the memory of his wife, Rachel. And he's showing obvious favoritism towards Joseph. Turn back with me to Genesis 25. You say, well, I wonder where Jacob got the idea about showing favoritism to a child. Genesis 25, notice with me verse number 28. And Isaac loved who? Esau. Because he did eat of his venison, but Rebekah loved Jacob. You see, this is nothing new. This favoritism now that Jacob is showing to Joseph and he loves him more and he gets him a special coat and his brothers can see it and his brothers can tell and it's obvious, Jacob got that honest. He had a mother who he was the favorite, and he had a father who his brother was the favorite, and this family was a mess. If they lived in today in 2020, I, I'm sure they would make a reality TV series about this family. They were out of control. So now Joseph is thrown in the mix. By the way, let me say this, and this is not the sermon. I'll get to the sermon. But as parents and grandparents, we must be so careful of this one thing here called favoritism. Now, I joked earlier about being the favorite child, and uh, I am not the favorite child. I think I am, but I'm not. Uh, my parents loved us all the same, and I'm thankful for that. But can I tell you, it is perfectly fine. It is perfectly normal to reward good behavior. That's wonderful. It's perfectly fine to punish bad behavior. That's, that's fine. That's, that's what should be done. But there, under no circumstances, should a child feel like mama loves the other one more than she loves me. Under no circumstances should a child say, I think my dad loves my sister more than me or my brother. No, no, no. We ought to love each of our children. They ought to each feel like they're the favorite. But we ought to love every one of our children exactly the same. Now, that's easier said than done. Because sometimes in the same family, you've got children who act like angels while the others act like little devils. And it's easy in church to say, no more favoritism, but wait till Sunday afternoon. Wait till Monday morning. Wait till Monday evening. But I'm glad that we have a heavenly father who is no respecter of persons. Aren't you glad that the ground is level at the foot of the cross? God doesn't love you more than me or me more than you. He loves each and every one of his children the same. He loves us all as if we were his only child. I'm thankful for that. Also, I'll say this, be very careful about gifts. It appears in Genesis 37, I think you ought to give gifts. I think gifts are a wonderful thing for your children. But it looks like that the brothers already had a sneaky suspicion that Joseph was the favorite. But then Jacob removed all doubt from their minds when he went and he purchased a special coat for Joseph that he did not get for the rest of them. Now, I'm not saying you have to buy exactly the same thing for every single person, but I'm saying be very careful with gifts. This seemed to be the straw that broke the camel's back. The brothers, because Joseph was the favorite, they could not even speak nicely to him. They hated him. The Bible says they envied him. By the way, just because someone is treated better than you in your home or at the workplace or at your school, that doesn't give you the right to hate anybody. That doesn't give you the right or me the right to mistreat anybody. But the brothers, they hated him because of the way that he was treated by his father. His brothers couldn't even speak to him. How sad that is. But 
How sad it would be in a church like this if there was somebody that could walk through the doors of this auditorium and you couldn't speak to them or I couldn't speak to them. Friend, I want to tell you, if there's bitterness, if there's hatred in your heart, if there's unconfessed sins or there's things that need to be resolved, you ought to be able to speak to every person alive on planet Earth and you ought to be able to speak kindly to them. And if you can't, you might need to make a phone call after church. You might need to go by and make a visit after church and say, I'm sorry for the way that I've felt about you. You say, but you don't know what they did to me. I don't need to know what they did to you. But that doesn't give you or me the right to have bitterness and hatred towards someone because of what they've done. Notice with me, verse number five, we're getting somewhere. It says, and now Joseph dreamed a dream and he told it to his brothers and they hated him yet the more. Now time out. Some would say that Joseph was proud because he shared these dreams with his brother. Some would say that maybe he was immature or maybe he lacked discernment. I don't know all that. The Bible doesn't make that clear. But I know this. Those brothers needed to hear the dream from Joseph because many years later, they would be standing before him in Egypt and guess what? It would all come back. And they'd say, this wasn't an accident. This wasn't a coincidence. This was not just something that happened. This was the divine plan of God and God took a bad situation and God brought it out for good. Notice the dreams. It says in verse number uh, six, he said, here I pray the dream which I've dreamed, the first dream. Joseph said, we were all out in the field. We were working and we were binding the sheaves. We were putting together the bundles of grain and lo and behold, my bundle stood up all by itself. And your bundles started bowing down and worshiping mine. You know, you hear that and you think, man, that probably was not the best thing to share with the brothers that already hated you. But this was a dream, not because Joseph had too much uh, pepperoni pizza the night before. This was a dream that God gave Joseph. And then he gives him his next dream. He says, and wait till you hear this. The sun and the moon and the 11 Stars. What do you know? 11 stars. Joseph had 11 brothers. He said, the sun and the moon and the stars were all bowing down to me. Now that dream got his dad upset. His dad actually rebuked him and said, what are you talking about? And the brothers, they hated him more. But the Bible says that Jacob, his father, he observed the same. He took note of it. He said, you know, I wonder if there's something to this. And the Bible tells us that Joseph dreamed a dream. I want to talk to you for a few moments this morning about dreams. I'm not talking about something you dreamed last night. I'm not talking about something crazy and we all have crazy dreams and all that. And by the way, if you have a dream and you come and share it with me, I'll listen to it. But here's what I know. God does not have to use a dream to speak to you or me because we've got something better than a dream. We've got the Bible. We have, the Bible calls itself, a more sure word of prophecy. I don't have to wonder what God wants me to do tomorrow. I know what he wants me to do. It's found in this book. I don't have to guess what God thinks. I don't have to guess what God's plans are for my life because I have the Bible that has been given to me. It's infallible. It is inspired. It is inerrant. It is preserved. And Joseph had a dream for what God had in store for his life. I was reading this past week about a businessman. I don't think he's a Christian. I do not know. 
but he is the CEO of a company called Tesla. Tesla is the company that has built these electric cars that's uh, based out in California. But this man, Elon Musk, he has a dream. He has a plan. He has a goal. And I don't mean he dreamed it one night, although maybe he did. But his dream, by 2050, that's 30 years from now, his dream is to send one million people to Mars. Now, I double-checked this, because you know how there's those fake news articles that are, you know, like, ridiculous and crazy and all that? I couldn't believe it. I have read a couple different ones, and they said that is what he has said, that by 2050, he wants to send a million people to Mars. He's building a whole fleet of spaceships, or so he says. He says the first trip, uh, uh, first spaceship should be ready here in a couple months. Now, you may have some people you'd like to send to Mars, and so maybe you put them on a waiting list but I'll tell you this, I'm not going. I, you could pay me all the money in the world and I wouldn't go. Some of you say, oh, it'd be great. Not me. I like having my feet on the ground. And airplane's about the very extent of that. But his vision, his dream, his goal is to send people to Mars. He said, I want to build a city. I want to create jobs on Mars and sustain life on Mars. Tell you what, that's pretty lofty. I'm not asking you about a dream for your business. I'm not asking you about a dream for more money or a dream for more technology, but I'm asking you this morning, why don't you get a dream for what God wants to do in your life? Why don't you get a dream for your family? Why don't you get a dream for your marriage and get a dream for your children and your grandchildren? Why don't you get a dream for a ministry and get a dream for serving God for the rest of your life? Can I tell you, Joseph had some dreams. Number one, I'd like to say this about his dreams. Number one, they were from God. Joseph dreamed, and these dreams were from God. You say, how do you know that, Pastor? Well, number one, they came true. But number two, these dreams did not bring glory to Joseph. As a matter of fact, the opposite was true. Because nobody could orchestrate these dreams. Nobody could plan these dreams except for God. These dreams came true, and God received the glory. Joseph could take no credit. Joseph could get no glory. Only God could do this. I wonder this morning, how are your dreams? Are your dreams from God? Are your dreams of spiritual things? Are your dreams of, of seeing people saved and seeing people help for, for God? Or are your dreams all about yourself? Number one, Joseph's dreams were from God. Number two, Joseph's dreams were big. These were big dreams. Joseph was one of 12 boys, but yet God took him and God used him greatly. I want to say this, God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think. You say, Pastor, there's no way that my dream, there's no way that God could do this. Can I tell you this? Anything is possible as long as God is in the equation. God is the God of the impossible. God is a mighty God. I was singing this morning that little chorus, what a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. Amen. Ephesians 3, verse 20, the Bible says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. You say, Pastor, I don't think it's possible. I don't think God can do something in my life. I don't think God can do something in my marriage. I don't think God can do something in my family. I don't think God can do something in my situation. If you only knew my background, 
If you only knew my circumstances, friend, I want to tell you, do not limit God because there is no limit to what God can do in your life if you'll trust him and if you'll follow him. Joseph's dreams were big. Number three, Joseph's dreams took time. Now, this is the problem for most of us is that we are not patient people, most of us. And if you are a patient person, I'm sorry, but we don't really like you that much. You're not normal. I'm not a patient person. Can I tell you this? God's not in a hurry. And God is certainly not on your schedule. And God certainly is not on my schedule. God is working whether we see it or not. The dreams of Joseph took time. These dreams were not even marked with gradual progress. The dreams of Joseph, they took time. The dreams of Joseph were dreams that could not happen overnight. These dreams would appear like nothing good was happening. Now, I would imagine that if I had a dream and God gave me a dream, I would imagine that things would gradually start falling into place, right? Like, you make a little bit of progress, and then you make a little bit more progress, and then, you know, it's slow, but at least you can see it. It's slow, but at least you can say, okay, I, I see where this is going. I can see where we're going to end up here. But with Joseph, the opposite was true. You see, Joseph was one of, one of, one of 12 boys, and Joseph, he went down. He got demoted. He got persecuted. He got betrayed by his own family. And he didn't have a good support system helping him out. He didn't have the encouragement of his brothers. And he didn't have the encouragement of his family. And he didn't even have the encouragement of his dad. His own dad was rebuking him for the dreams. And, and Joseph, it seemed like things were not going forward. It seemed like they were going backward. Can I tell you, God's plans in our lives take time. We get in a hurry, we rush things, we make things more difficult, but as God's children, we must wait on God. Number four, I see these dreams were not well received. His brothers were not starting a GoFundMe page for Joseph. They were not writing notes of encouragement. They were not posting on his wall, best wishes, Joseph. I hope everything works out. I hope everything falls into place. Can I tell you this? Not everybody is going to pat you on the back when you make a decision to live for God. Not everybody's gonna be in your corner. As a matter of fact, you may have some people at work that say, you're crazy. You may have some people at the workplace who they don't, they don't, think, they don't think you're making a good decision because you go to church, because you love God, because you wanna serve God. You may have family members who don't think it's a good idea. Can I tell you this? Don't be surprised when people mock you. Don't be surprised when people dismiss you. They crucified Jesus. Can I tell you this? Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hates you. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Your dreams may not be well received by everyone. But number five, Joseph's dreams were never forgotten. Joseph never lost sight of his dreams. Joseph was betrayed. He was forgotten. He was forsaken. He was falsely accused. But Joseph never forgot about the dreams that God had given him. It didn't matter where Joseph was. It didn't matter if he was down in a pit where his brothers had placed him. It didn't matter if he was in prison. It didn't matter if he was the, the, the second in command in Egypt. It didn't matter. It didn't matter any of that because he never forgot 
the dreams that God had given him. Can I challenge you this morning? Hang on to the dreams and hang on to the promises that God has given you. You say, but I'm getting discouraged, Pastor. It seems like things aren't, aren't good at work. It seems like things aren't good at home. It seems like things aren't good with my health. It seems like things are not falling into place. Well, I got news for you. Hang on and do not forget the dreams and the plans and promises that God has for your life. Number six, I like this. Joseph believed. He believed the dreams. Now, let, let's, let's, let's take a, a pause here and a time out. You know, most of us, we believe that God can do something for somebody else, right? Somebody's praying for healing. We say, yep, God can do that for you. But what happens when it's us? I don't think God can do it. Seems like our faith begins to wane. It seems like we begin to doubt. But Joseph believed God. Joseph trusted God. He believed his dreams enough to share them with others. He believed the dreams enough that his own brothers, later in the chapter, they said, behold, this dreamer cometh. They said, he, he believes those dreams. He's always talking about those dreams. And they believed that Joseph believed his dreams. Can I tell you, you and I ought to believe God. The Bible says in Philippians 1, 6, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. I'm glad that God is able to fulfill what he said he would do. What about you this morning? What's your dream? What is your dream? What is your goal? What is your, your, your vision for your family? What about for your children? What about for your grandchildren? What about for your marriage? What about for your home? I've got good news for you. Whatever that is, God is able. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.